0: This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. It is awesome to see you here this morning, and I want to echo what Isabella said earlier. Man, I am so glad that you chose to hang out with us this morning for just a few moments. We are full-on into the Christmas season, and I'm just curious, how many of you... Your are Christmas shopping, you're done. Like you finished it, you're all, wow. I feel a bit worse about myself now. That's awesome. <laughs> Some of you should probably come up here instead of me. But there's something about the season, and I don't know what draws you to it. Maybe other than the ultimate meaning, maybe it's the smells, the cinnamon in the air, or the real Christmas trees. You, you can't artificial that stuff. The real, or the peppermint. Maybe just the smells, maybe it's the holiday parties that you love and getting to connect with people, or let's just be honest, I think for most of you, it's the gifts. I mean, it's, it's the gifts, and some of you, you love giving, like you're excited, you have planned, you've thought about it, you're really good at knowing what people are into that you love, that you're connected with, and so you've planned and you got them a gift. Others of you, it's the receiving. <laughs> you want to know, okay, how many of those things are on the tree are for me? Like, what is, what is in this for me? How much is for me? Would you hold that for me? There's just something about gifts. Would you hold that for me? There's something about gifts that we're drawn through. And we know the essence of Christmas, the meaning is that, that Jesus gave his life, that, that he came to earth, that God sent him for us. But there's just something about the gifts. Would you hold that for me? You're awesome. Those are really wrapped well. I didn't wrap those. Somebody else did. But those are awesome. But what I also know and what you know is that in this season, when we sing about joy to the world, there's also a lot of pain. And while we're excited, and for many people, Christmas is their favorite holiday, for others, it's a struggle. And so often, we think of life in terms of what we're enjoying and what's going well or what's not going well and how we're struggling. But the reality is in life, we live life on on two train tracks. The, The train of life moves on the tracks where good things are happening and bad things are happening at the same time. And what's interesting is it only takes one or two bad things to make it hard for us to feel the good things. And so while it's Christmas and we celebrate And we're going to celebrate December 23rd, Christmas Eve, Eve. Man, I hope you've gotten your tickets. You need to be there. It's going to be awesome. But thank you, all four of you. That's great. (laughs) At the same time, there's a lot of hurt. I I talked to my dad Wednesday, and I normally talk to my dad at least every other day. I'm from Texas. My dad's still in Texas. He's knocking on the door of 80. I think he'll be 78 this year. And uh, when I talked to him, you know how when somebody answers the phone, they pick up the phone, and you can just tell by what they say and their tone, if you know them well, you you can tell, okay, something's off, something's wrong. Normally, I call my dad, how you doing? I'm great, son, how are you? But I called and I said, hey, dad, how are you? And he said, we're okay. I said, what's going on? And he said, well, your mom hasn't. Eaten anything or drank anything, tomorrow will be a week. My mom's had Alzheimer's for about seven years. And basically through a series of conversations from Wednesday on, and I'm, I'm touching base a couple times a day, and I have two brothers out there, but the nurses are saying it could be a day or two, maybe a week, and she's going to pass away. Her birthday is December 13th. And my dad is trying to do everything he can to hold on. They've been together almost 60 years. And I think about what he's walking through and what he's processing. And in a time when we celebrate the birth of a Savior, that celebration does not remove the reality of painful things in life. And so I wonder... In this time of the year, if, if you could ask for one thing for Christmas, what would it be? Like if, if you could ask for one thing and somehow there was a guarantee, okay, what you ask for, you're going to get. If you could ask for one thing, what would it be? Some of you, you, you immediately, like, you, you think, okay, I don't, I don't know if I can say this in church, but money, it's money, give me money, that's why I, I want money. I mean, some of you are like, hey, for Christmas, gift cards, just gift cards, that, that's what I want. I want money, that, that's what you, you're chasing, and, and, and money's awesome, it can be used as a great tool, but the reality is, you know and I know people that have a lot of money and are miserable. What is the one thing for you? If, if, if you said, man, I, I want one thing, and you're guaranteed to get it for Christmas. Some of you, those of you that are single, I've met a lot of single people, single adults, to say the one thing I want, I want to get married. God, bring me somebody. I want to get married this year. Let this be the year. And, and I need to say to you the reality. If, if you're single and you're kind of feeling that a little bit, hey, there's one thing then that's worse than what you're feeling being single, and that is to be with somebody you shouldn't be with. Like it can get worse. But we don't think about that, and we just think in the moment, hey, here's what I want. Or some people, if you could have one thing, and it was guaranteed, you ask for it, you get it. Some of you would say, happiness. Could could I just have some happiness in my life, in my family, in my relationships? Could, Could it just be happiness? But happiness is based on what happens to us. And some days are hard. And sometimes life feels like it's not going well. And happiness, second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, it's not sustainable. I mean, unless you're delusional or cray-cray, it is not sustainable to just be happy all the time. Because some things in life are going to happen that are hard, and they don't make us happy. The truth is, however you would answer that question, if you, if you could ask for one thing and be guaranteed to get it, the truth is, Often what we think we want is not exactly what we really want. And I think, I know for me, maybe for you, the one thing I think most people, if they could have it, would really want, maybe more than anything else, is peace. Not just in the world. Not just relationally but internally, peace. Out of everything you could have, think about it. Whether you have a lot of money or a little, peace. Whether you're married or single, peace. Whether you're happy or sad, peace. If you could have lasting peace, I think ultimately it's what we really want. Because you can have all the money in the world in your bank account and no peace in your heart. You can have a ring on your hand, but no peace in your life. You can be happy on the outside and empty on the inside. But true peace, lasting peace, deep peace, life-giving peace comes from God. I want to invite you to stand with me just for a moment. I want to look at a couple of verses. In the life of C3, we stand in honor of the reading of God's Word just because we believe it's the Word of God. If you're not a Christ follower or you're new to C3 and you don't believe that, we want you to know that's okay. You're welcome here. But it shouldn't surprise you that we believe the Bible is the Word of God and we base our lives on it. Luke chapter 2, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Father, in the next few moments through your spirit, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray we would evaluate who we are, where we are, and what you're speaking to us. I pray for those who may not know you, that today they would become followers of Christ. I pray for Christ's followers in the room that you would encourage and strengthen our faith God, that you would show us what's available to us that we may not be tapping into. And Father, for those of us that may need conviction, I pray you'd do that as well and show us how we can live the life you created us to live and what tweaks or changes we may need to make to do that with your help. Have your way in this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Even though peace, I believe, is our greatest need, much of our lives are lived in the opposite, and not just the opposite, the extreme opposite. We might call it tension. We can list our fears and we feel our anxieties. And our relationships, those that are closest to us and those that are just casual acquaintances are sometimes invaded with disagreements or misunderstandings or there's hurt feelings. And we live in a kind of relational tension often day by day. And sometimes our family relationships, our friendships, our extended relationships, sometimes things are good. Other times you're you're dreading lunch on Christmas Day because of that uncle or that aunt. And if you're like, no, I think it's all good. Maybe you're the one everybody else is dreading. I don't know. But, but there's these moments where just the tension in relationships. And I think that's been heightened in recent, recent months because now... There are more things to talk about that we disagree about, and the tension is through the roof. So for you, do you have peace or tension with your spouse? Do you have peace or tension with your kids or with your parents? Do you have peace or is there a lot of tension with your coworkers or your neighbors or your friends? Peace. It's what the announcement was about, that God is giving us peace. And if if peace was proclaimed for us by the angels and offered to us by our Savior, why don't we have more of it in life? I think of the prophet Isaiah who God used to inspire and write in Isaiah 26. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace. Now, don't, don't miss those two words because think about this. God is inspiring the writing of his word, and God, being God, could just say peace. What is the difference in perfect peace and peace? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. Perfect Peace. Would you say that in your life you have perfect peace? We we don't know this kind of peace. We know inconsistent peace. We know temporary peace that's here one moment and gone the next. The, the, The moment something hits us that we're afraid of or concerned about or disagree with that's bigger than the peace we feel, the peace tends to evaporate. But there's a kind of peace that moves in in spite of the pain. A kind of peace that is unafraid of what you and I may fear. Do you know that peace? Perfect peace. It's interesting in this text, the original word in the Hebrew is the word shalom for peace. It literally means wholeness, completeness, fullness of peace. Wholeness and completeness and fullness of peace in my relationship with God, in my relationship with others, in my relationship with myself, in my circumstances, a wholeness, completeness, and fullness of peace. I don't think there's a deeper peace than that. Now, what's interesting, though, is in this passage, this word, where Scripture says you will keep in perfect peace, something happens in the word of God that doesn't happen anywhere else. In the original language, what it literally says is you will keep in shalom, shalom. The word is actually used twice. And so God says, what I offer you is wholeness and completeness and fullness of peace in every area of your life. And by the way, not just that, but double that. A perfect kind of peace. I'm going to give you more than you could ever possibly need to be at peace with me. I'm going to give you more than you could ever need to be at peace in your relationships with others. I'm going to give you more than you could ever possibly need to be at peace with yourself. And I'm going to give you more than you could ever possibly need. You can't use it up. It will be infinitely there to have peace in your circumstances. But the same Bible that says God offers us peace also says in this world we will have trouble. Now, <laughs> How do you reconcile that? How is it possible that we could have peace in the midst of intense trouble? It feels like, okay, is the word of God contradicting itself? No, because he's speaking about a peace that doesn't mean you're problem free. He's talking about a kind of peace that doesn't mean there are no struggles and no hard days. See, the reality of Scripture teaches us that discovering peace has nothing to do with living problem-free and everything to do with living presence-filled. It's not about the absence of problems. It's about the presence of the Father in my life. And so this kind of peace is God's presence that He offers, which brings God's perspective to what I see in life about Him, about me, about friendships, about circumstances. And that gives birth to God's promises in the deepest, darkest moments And the biggest problems, those angels on that first Christmas told us, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So if that's true, if that was maybe the first gift of Christmas, what God was doing through Christmas, through sending his son to make peace available to every single one of us, if that's true... How can peace become more than something I nod my head about on a Sunday morning in church? How how can peace actually come into my Monday morning? Uh, On Sunday afternoon, I don't know what your routine is. As you roll through after church, maybe you go to lunch, maybe you go grocery shopping, maybe you get some things done. But at some point today, you're going to turn and look into your Monday and look into your week. And when you think about the things this week that are challenging, When you think about the meetings that you don't want to have, the decisions that you haven't made and you have a deadline. When you think about all that you're dealing with, how do you bring what we talk about in here that the word of God teaches us, peace, into that? How do you unwrap this gift? Because it's been given but not experienced. Some of you, I asked you, asked you to hold, hold a wrapped gift for me. Where, where are those? If you just raise your hand, who's got the wrapped gifts? Right here. Now, in that box is a $100 gift card for you for Christmas. Merry Christmas. You get to keep that. That is for you. But here's, here's the reality. You had no idea what you had in your lap. You had no idea what was inside that paper in that box. And I think as followers of Jesus so often in life, We have no idea what God has actually provided for us. And because of that, we live lives far beneath what God intended because we have no idea what is sitting in the lap of our soul that God has placed there that simply needs to be unwrapped. I wonder how many good gifts God has for you that you have never unwrapped. The gift of forgiving somebody. The gift of being kind and the ability to be kind to those that are unkind. The gift, and I think it's becoming more of a rare gift, which is sad, and in the life of C3, we want this to be a dominant gift. The gift of being able to be kind to people we disagree with. You don't have to throw down every time somebody disagrees with you. You can love people and be kind and be nice. And we can function in a place of humility, understanding there's going to be a day when I'm going to realize after this life in eternity, I wasn't right about everything. And you might be convinced you're right about everything here, but everybody around you knows you're not. And so I think we would do well rather than bringing anger, bringing humility. And one of the gifts we could give people in this holiday season and throughout 2022, how many of you are ready for 2022? Please, Jesus, come quickly. 2022. Like, remember the end of 2020, and we thought, oh, 2021, thank God. And we found out 2020 had a twin. And now now we're looking at 2022, and it's going to be awesome because we're done. We've had enough. We're we're going to live, and it's going to be awesome. But as we look at that, it is both callous and unchristlike to hate people we may disagree with. How do you unwrap the gift? The gift of peace. If you want it to be unlimited in your life, it must be unwrapped in your mind. The gift of peace is unwrapped in your mind. The struggle happens, the war, the battle is in the mind. Way before it gets to the soul, it's in the mind. Notice verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace, shalom, shalom, all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. What are your thoughts fixed on? I got to be honest, if your thoughts are fixed on CNN or Fox, you're not in peace. If your thoughts are fixed on what somebody says to you about what's happening in the world, if your thoughts are fixed on your future, a future that you cannot control, that you're trying to control, you're not in peace. If your thoughts are fixed on your bank account, you're not in peace. If your thoughts are fixed on some bad news you get in a relationship or some challenging words you hear from a doctor, you're not living in peace. Fix all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. Now that word fixed in the original language literally means to lean on completely, to fully rest oneself. See, you and I, scripture teaches, will have perfect peace when our minds are leaning completely on God, when our thoughts are resting on the promises of God. You have an opportunity Every time a thought pops in your mind, I have an opportunity. Every time a thought pops in my mind. When thoughts pop in our minds that could rob us of peace, we get to decide what we do with that thought. You can't control what pops in your mind. You can control how long it stays there. And sometimes our lives are absent peace because we hear something, read something in the news, and we begin to focus on that, and we become so consumed with what somebody said that we forget What God said. Sometimes I just think we need to listen more to the Father than Fauci. That's just my thoughts, just my thoughts. But I think I'm right. But, But we become so consumed and we forget there is a great big God that created all of this that promises he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, that promises to be with you. You think this is the first time the world went through crisis? Have you read history? You think this is the first time something was unsettling? And in moments in the past, the church gained influence because the church was the church and loved people and helped people instead of hiding away. It was the courage of faith because there's a big God that's in control of all of it. And when I fix my thoughts on Him, I have peace. When I fix my thoughts, when I lean into and lean completely on and rest in the truth of who God is and what He offers me, I have peace I love how the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write the church at Philippi. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. Be deliberate about what you think about. I'm not saying be delusional and pretend there's nothing to deal with. I'm saying be deliberate and fix your thoughts on Scripture says what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts on the reality that God promises to never leave or forsake you if you're a follower of Christ. When I'm lost, he directs my path. When I'm weak, he gives me strength. When I'm hurting, he invades my pain with comfort. On my worst day in my worst moments, after my biggest failures, he still loves me completely. And it's a peace that you can only possess if you know Jesus personally. Knowing about God will not bring this peace into your life. It's knowing God in a personal way that makes this incredible gift possible. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Why does he make the distinction? Why does he bother to say, Jesus, my my peace I give you? I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He, He doesn't say some peace. He doesn't say a peace. He doesn't say that peace. He says my peace. Now, you think about who Jesus was as the living son of God, a perfected kind of peace. Maybe that's why he said perfect peace. Maybe that's why he used intentionally shalom, shalom. Maybe it's a kind of peace that's more than we will ever need in any arena of life. And maybe scripture teaches it's only found in Jesus. So he says, my peace. Philippians 4, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. What if we prayed more than we worried? Because as I've evaluated my life, listen, I know what it is. There are seasons and things I walk through. I can have a PhD. in worry. I get it. I'm a control freak. I like to figure things out, make things happen. I know what's coming. I analyze the junk out of stuff. I have, I have plans for plans if they don't work out. Like I, I just I, it's just how I'm wired. But, but as I've looked back, Did you know every single thing that I allowed myself to be consumed with worry about, my worry changed none of it? When you sit in worry, it robs you of peace. When you fix your thoughts on what's true and you you lean into it completely and you rest in what's true in the Word of God, it brings a unique kind of peace. You're able to talk to Him in prayer. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's Wholeness. Everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. So could it be that in your life, in my life, if we could ask God for one thing and He would, it would be guaranteed that He would give us that gift, could it be that It's not that we haven't received the gift, it's just that we haven't unwrapped it. We haven't learned day by day to fix our thoughts. And What a tragedy to have the greatest gift and to not unwrap it in our lives. So this week, the difficult conversation on Monday... Feeling overwhelmed Wednesday afternoon with where you are in life. The thing that you're praying for, the sadness that you're processing, it's real. But what's just as real but more powerful is the presence of a living God who loves you deeply and wants you to sense and feel His presence and His peace. He said, my peace, His peace in those moments. Unwrap the gift. Fix your thoughts. Set your thoughts. Focus your thoughts on who God is and how much He loves you. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you for the reality of your love. In spite of the fact that so often we don't feel lovable, I thank you for your truth. A truth that doesn't depend on how I feel, but depends on your faithfulness. So, Father, I pray for those in this room. They're excited about Christmas, but perhaps there's also a sadness about Christmas. This season, I thank you for your peace that you offer your followers. I pray that this week we would be deliberate and intentional about unwrapping the gift you've given us and fixing our thoughts on your truth, your reality. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and you know that the greatest need of your life is to invite Jesus to come into your life, to forgive your sin, for, for you to experience the presence of God in your life. It, it's the only way you get this kind of peace. And deep down inside right now, you, you know Perhaps you know, hey, today's your day. You you need to pray a very simple prayer and invite Jesus to come into your life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd like to commit your life to Christ today, surrender your life to Christ, I want to pray a very simple prayer, and I want to encourage you to pray it with me, if that's the step of faith that you'd like to take. Many have already done that, but if you've never done that, You can pray this prayer out loud or you can pray the prayer in the quietness of your heart. The Bible says in Matthew 6 that Jesus knows our thoughts. You just pray this prayer. Just say, dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Forgive my sin. Help me to live for you. As best I know how, I commit my life to you. Thank you for loving me, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you look at me a second? If you just prayed that prayer, I would love to know that. I want to invite you to grab your cell phone and just shoot me a text, just put your first name, just your first name, and send it to 407-487-8311. The reason I ask you to do that is I'll get that list of names this afternoon, and I would love to be able to pray for you by name, today and throughout this week, because in the life of C3, you really do matter. You are valuable and you're important to us. And so I'd love to be praying for you in this new decision you've made as you begin your faith journey. I'd also love to send you some free material as a gift that I think will help your personal growth, your spiritual growth. And so we'll reach back out and get your contact information so that I can send that to you this week. But just know in the life of C3, man, I'm praying for you. I'm excited for you. Also know that you're not alone. We just finished one month of being here in our new home, our new (laughs) campus. And in that one month, is four sons.